Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and we finally got the Night Shift Warrior. We got the Night Shift Warrior. We got him on. Uh, he made it. it. He made the appointment out. We're here. It's happening. Dude, um, on purpose, on a regular basis, I, I try not to dig too far into my guest because I want to be surprised. I, I know a little bit. Dennis filled me in a little bit, and I've seen some Facebook, some Instagram posts and stuff like that. Yeah. The rumor is, is that used to be heavier. That's the rumor. Uh, that is a very true rumor. That is a very, <laughs> I, I used to be uh, well over 400 pounds at one point in my life. Yowzers. So we have yeah. uh, Mr. Mr. Greg in the house. So, you know, I like to let my guests kind of tell their thing and, and go where they want to. And I'll let you, I'll let you go from there. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I spent most of my life athletic fit guy. Um, in 2006, I had my first son, uh, that didn't work out. I ended up, it was infidelity. I ended up a single father. I got full custody of him in 2008 and it was like downhill. It was just like, okay, I'm this new dad, single dad, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm back home with my parents. I was drinking a lot on the weekends and I just, I blew up like 200 pounds at that point. Um, and then I met a woman. We, uh, we hit it off. She had a daughter. I had a son. We were together for a while and you know, there were like ups and downs. Um, when we were dating, she had two daughters one was born with a genetic disorder that was like, I don't know what the ratio is, but it's just this like astronomical chance that your child has this birth defect and her daughter was not supposed to live. While we were dating, her oldest daughter passed away. So I was like kind of reeling in all of that stuff and she never really dealt with it. Rightfully so, I can't imagine it. I never had to experience it personally. Well, she turned to prescription drugs and alcohol to cope with it from time to time. And I was with her for about eight years. And throughout that eight years, it was just filled with domestic violence. Uh, we were married for three of it. We actually had a son together ourselves. It was like a, this blended family and I tried to outweigh the bad times with those times where it was like, oh, it is, this isn't so bad. Like I would reason with it, Austin. I would be like, you know, I can't imagine losing a kid. So I'm just going to let her drink herself into oblivion today because this holiday reminded her of her daughter or this moment or this date reminded her of something. So she took prescription drugs this day. And in 2015, I had our last and final domestic. It was August 11th of 2015. I was well over four pounds. I found myself a single father of three, full-time, and I didn't know what I was going to do. 
uh, I literally, I had no idea. I, I had been a single father before. Uh, I'm not the greatest dad in the world. I fail all the time. You know, we could always be better. But I knew I was a good man. I knew that I was a good father. I knew that I tried hard. And I just, I wanted to make things work. And through this whole beginning of the divorce process and everything, she went and signed over the parental rights of her daughter, who I was dad, full dad, of for eight years to her parents. And it was kind of like my rock bottom. It was like, my life is falling apart. I have the one thing or one of the one things that was kind of holding me together. The children held me together the whole time. Kind of just ripped from my life. It was like a piece of my heart was torn from me. And it was in that moment, uh, November of 2015, that I just, I started to like break apart. I started to fall apart. December 1st, 2015 was when it really hit me. And I woke up that morning choking. I wore a CPAP machine because I had severe sleep apnea and I had acid reflux, bad cholesterol, all the things that somebody over 400 pounds should probably suffer from. And I couldn't breathe. I woke up and I, I tore the mask off my face. I literally ripped the CPAP machine off the nightstand. I rolled out of bed and by roll, I mean like I was like a turtle on his back, dude, 400 pounds. There was no grace in it at all. Not being able to breathe and waking up like that. I remember making it to the bathroom and I was crawling on the floor, pulling myself up on the vanity and I was purple and blue in the face. Uh, I was dry heaving in the sink and I, I couldn't breathe. And I just remember going through my head, praying to God, going, please God, don't let me go out like this. Don't let this be the final breath that I take. Don't let this be it. And I threw open the medicine cabinet. I grabbed a roll of antacids and I can't breathe. And I'm putting things in my mouth at this point. It's just, it was absolutely absurd. I get this whole roll of antacids in my mouth and chewing them. I'm trying to get the fire out in my throat from the acid reflux. And I finally get the, the faucet going. And I remember at this moment, uh, drinking water and then coming back up and taking that first breath and my lungs like completely filling with air. And I just remember looking in the mirror and looking at myself and saying, dude, we need to do something about this. This is not okay. Something is going to happen to you. And then your boys are not going to have a father. And then what? What are you going to do at that point? And it was the most divine thing because, man, it, God saved me. I, I had a conversation with myself in the mirror. I, I was praying to God. And I mean, we often do this, uh, whether you have a relationship with God or not, when you have nothing left and there is nowhere to turn, people ask for prayers or they pray. Whether you power or not, you pray. You just do. It's, it's, it's human nature. And I remember sitting in the bathroom praying. And when I took that breath, I walked out into the kitchen and a friend from work had given me an at-home fitness DVD. I had pulled my Facebook and my social media like a couple weeks prior 
asking if anybody had like some fitness DVDs because, you know, New Year's was coming and I was already trying to make my New Year's resolution, Austin. And let's be honest, New Year's resolution is bullshit. Okay, let's just call it what it's a promise that we're going to break, number one that we make every single year, like so many people make this promise to themselves on January 1st, like it's some magical day where we're gonna change everything in our lives for the better. And I remember the, the DVD was sitting there and it was that morning, I was like, you know what? It's December 1st, it was like 4 a.m. I had to go to work and I had to bring kids to school. I'm a single dad, I'm going through divorce, I'm going through criminal cases stemming from domestic violence. I had just lost my stepdaughter the month before to a guardianship case. And I'm like, you know what? 400 pounds, let's do one of the hardest at-home cardio workouts that they have available at this point. So I throw in the DVD and literally five minutes in, I regretted every single moment of it. I couldn't keep up with the lady that was modifying in the beginning. Like she had just had a baby. They're talking about it. And I'm like going through these emotions of, wow, I am so out of shape that I can't even like do a jumping jack. I'm, I'm like winded. And you know what? I just kind of told myself like, yes, it's hard, but being over 400 pounds and everything that I've gone through and it was currently going through was harder. And that if I could manage my life through all of that stuff, then I could manage 25 minutes of cardio in my living room. And I literally just never turned back. I ended up losing over 130 pounds. Um, I ended up inspiring and motivating other people to do the same thing, uh, trying to do the same thing that they um, see if that helps yeah should be good did that help yep. yeah just cutting it cutting in and out of my wi-fi uh you know i i empowered over a thousand other people to do what i do and i help coach people through it now and it's it's not just about uh fitness and nutrition for me i help coach people through their hard times in their lives i help coach people through those those big rock moments where you don't know how you're going to move that boulder out of your way um and it's you know it's it's not a one size fits all you know austin you know we're we're in the same space we um we help people overcome their adversities by not being a victim of their circumstances anymore, by pointing out how we victimize ourselves, by uprooting and getting to the root of the issue, you know? And, um, you know, that's, that's basically the beginning of where I am today. And it's, it's a lot to soak up all in one. And, uh, you know, it's crazy you and I were talking about where I am now uh, in regards to geography and the country and, and things of that nature. And I obviously don't sound like I'm from the Midwest. Uh, I grew up 30 minutes north of Boston my whole life. And through my life change and through just a lot of divine moments, God dropped a woman in my life from the Midwest. And I basically followed her out here to Oklahoma. Um, 
it was crazy. And <laughs> how she was dropped into my life was pretty, uh, pretty incredible because in 2018, I was in a test group for a new fitness program that was coming out. It was only for coaches. We were in a group of about 50,000 people. And my, my schedule, my routine was so consistent that everybody in my life, on my social media, my, my close family, they all knew what I was doing and when I was doing it because I, I was sharing every moment of my life so openly. My phone rang at 5 a.m., my mother has a twin sister. It was my aunt and my aunt doesn't call me at 5 a.m. For, for no reason. And, and I knew that something was, was up. And she says, you're probably working out. At this point, you know, I'm two and a half years into my journey. I'm um, 130 pounds lighter. I'm running a fitness and nutrition business out of my house. I'm still a single dad of two and managing by having that extra income, uh, coaching other people while I work full time. Like I'm, I'm a busy dude at this point. And she says, you know, I just needed to give you a heads up. You know, your grandmother's been sick. Um, she had fallen in her apartment. She had lived alone, my mom's uh, mother. And she had fallen on a Wednesday they didn't find her until Friday. She was rushed to the hospital and she had an emergency surgery on Saturday morning. And when she came out of anesthesia, uh, she had a stroke. She was basically half of her body was paralyzed. And I'm just basically like, Hey, whatever I can do. Like I had been really working my mindset at that point. I knew that, you know, external events that I didn't have control out of, I needed to react to them properly to be strong enough to help the people in my life. I knew that we don't have control of these outside events. That's where we find our strength. So I was kind of like the rock at that point for the family. I was trying to visit with them and take care of things. My mom's in Arizona. I'm in New England. I'm helping my aunt out the best that I can. That Sunday, my father calls me and tells me that he's got prostate cancer. This is like a matter of a couple days. So I'm kind of trying to like reel that in uh, and figure out, you know, there's nothing I can do. You know, I'm just, I have all of these things piling on top of me and it's becoming like me feeling like the world is on my shoulders at this point in a matter of a couple of days. That Monday I go to work and I come home and our dog literally just, died in our living room we had a chihuahua now i gotta explain to my two sons that our dog died on top of all these other things that are going on i get a phone call that my other grandmother my father's grandmother is rushed to the hospital she's got fluid on her lungs come to find out two days later we get the news that she's got stage four lung cancer she's admitted to the hospital and she's in there now now this is Less than a week has gone by. My whole world is like crashing. I'm still working out. I'm still being a dad, still going to work every single day. I'm still putting my, my 
that positive mask on, you know, I, I was masking a lot at that point. I wasn't really sharing what was going on. You know, I've been told many times in my life, I'm the most private public person that people know because there's certain things that even as an influencer on social media or in other people's lives, there's things that we keep to ourselves um, until we're ready to share them or until we've reacted to them properly so that we can fundamentally intentionally share how we've either worked through it or how we failed so that we can explain it properly. The following week, my aunt calls me again and she's like, hey, you're probably working out. And I'm like, yeah, um, you know, what, what's going on? You know, I'm, I'm just waiting for the, the bad news at this point. She tells me that my grandfather passed away. My mother's grandfather passed away. My mother's father, I mean, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side. And I wasn't ready for that because I was expecting my grandmother or one of my grandmothers probably passed away because of what was going on with them. And I just, I didn't mentally or emotionally put my grandfather into the mix at that point because there was just too much other stuff going on. And I remember I'm in this group of 50,000 people that are testing out this new fitness program. We're on like, we're in like the middle of this program. It's an 80 day program. And here I am like about to just give up on this whole test group of, of working through it. And uh, I let my aunt go and I said, hey, just let me know if there's anything that I can do. I'm going to take the day. I had already made it a decision. I said, I'm going to take the day off. I just emotionally and mentally can't really handle going to work and being responsible for what I was doing at the time as a career. And I just, I knew that I was better off at home, but I knew that there was nothing I could do. And I said, if there's anything that I can help with, or if you need anything, let me know. And she said, okay. And I let her go. And I just pressed play again. Like I had paused my, I just pressed play again and I finished my workout in, in dead silence, no music, nothing. Um, I completely finished the workout and I remember I put on like, I don't even remember what it was like some nineties hip hop, like kid and play or something. And I did a video clip of me just dancing in my living room and I posted it in that group of 50,000 people who I probably maybe met a half a dozen of them, but knew virtually a hundred of them. And then there was what, another 49,900 people in the group. And I posted in the group and I said, look, nobody knows what your battles are unless you share them. Nobody knows what you're going through. Be kind to somebody today. And at the least dance through what you're going through and just dance it out because there's something that is fundamentally beneficial to, even if you can't dance, just turning on some music and dancing it out in your own living room. And that's what I did. And I posted it in this group. And this woman responded to me. And she had wrote out a full message and then deleted it because she wasn't sure uh, at the time. I mean, you don't know. You don't know what people's beliefs are you don't know where people are at mentally you don't know where people are at emotionally or spiritually and she just prayed over me 
She didn't say, you know, I'm praying for you. I hope things work out, prayers up, you know, the typical things and interactions we see in, in life and social media. She literally wrote out a prayer. She said, dear father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please lift this man up and carry him through what he's going through. Give him your eyes to see, your ears to hear, and your heart and your mind for understanding and patience through this time. Please shine your face upon him. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm like, at the time, I wasn't going to church. I had no relationship with God anymore, even though he had just saved my life two years ago. I was a a, a potty milk single dad who was uh, the, the life of the party, who just didn't, didn't care. There was no relationship at that point. And uh, I just remember how much it impacted me that somebody took time out of their day, not just to pray for me, but to intentionally pray for me and to wholeheartedly care for me. And they didn't know me. And I knew at that moment, it was, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I knew at that moment that uh, I was going to find her and I was going to thank her. And I found her profile on social media, Austin. Um, and she's she's doesn't even use social media still to this day. And it's crazy because we both do network marketing for the same company and she doesn't use social media for it. She does all of her networking outside of social media but she had this Facebook profile that had like six pictures and like 15 friends. And I was convinced she was like a fake profile from somebody in Dubai or something. And I was talking to like some middle-aged man with a beard somewhere in a desert far off in a different country. And I reached out to her and she didn't answer me right away. And it had no information whatsoever on her page, like three posts, three pictures, and that's it. And I just kind of sent her a voice clip and I was like, hey, I just want to thank you. I really appreciate you sending me that that comment and on my post. Uh, I don't know if you know how much that means to me. And I want to let you know, I don't know if you live nearby me, but I'd love to buy you a coffee sometime. And I got a voice clip back like a day later. And it was this beautiful voice with a midwestern southern drawl and she was like I don't think that I live anywhere near you but I appreciate the offer for the coffee you're more than welcome I hope that it lifted you up in this and I just I knew that I needed to talk to her and I was like can we schedule a it was the the weirdest thing I was like it was like uh being in high school and not knowing how to ask that girl out that you're kind of interested in, you know what I mean? It was like that all over again, but I was in my thirties. It was so insane. And I'm like, can we schedule a call? And she's like, that is the weirdest thing that I've ever heard, but we, we can. And we just, we completely hit it off. And uh, a couple of years later, we're married and we have a kid together ourselves. And I've moved out to Oklahoma now. And it's, it's been it's been crazy, dude. It's been there's, absolutely crazy. There's so much in that story, but I, I think what's the most important thing, and you and you hit it, and I just got off a podcast earlier on somebody else's, I said the same thing. Like, when you ask, how's your day? Like, fucking mean it. Like, absolutely. Like, no, 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 no. 
This is what we need to do as humans. I'm dead serious. No, 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 no. Stop. How are you? Like, seriously, like, how are you? Like, I just went through a two-year divorce while I'm building companies, while I'm starting a podcast, while I got laid off, while I'm trying to lose weight, while I'm getting sober. And a lot of people didn't know that most of those nights after my divorce, I would spend crying, listening to music. And my ex-wife would always get mad at me. And she's like, you don't give a fuck about this. And I'm said, let me tell you something. Don't you tell me how to feel. I said, I'm feeling in my time that I have for myself in, in verse versus. So when you're, when you're asking, there's a couple words I'd like to remove from the English language. Busy is one of them. Don't tell me you're oh, yeah. busy. Everybody's busy. Stop them and say, no, perfect example. A client yesterday, so much is going on right now. And I said, dude, just breathe. Like for like two seconds, let's write out what's actually going on. Let's, let's take a minute. And he like kind of organized it all because we're just, we're just moving forward and we're not really like, so this new thing I'm doing is like, when something big happens to so like stop and say like, Hey dude, like, let's clap. Like, let's clap for ourselves and say like, dude, you did it. You don't have to rest on it, but you have to accept that you've got to this point and, and, and move forward. And, and then back to your story about everything that happened. There's a word that I think gets bastardized in the, in the English language that we need to change. And the word's crazy. I love the word crazy because I had to be crazy enough to think I could get sober. I had to be crazy enough to know I could start a business. I had to be crazy to know I could lose 80 pounds. Like you have to believe that you're crazy enough to, 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 to change the narrative and say, what if? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, and you hit the biggest thing that means the most to me is language in itself. Uh, just weak language that, that surrounds our lives. Like, when we talk negatively about ourselves, we're taking, uh, you know, away from ourselves. And I tell people all the time, like when you say I'll try, or I hope so, or things like that, you, you're giving yourself an out, right? Austin, you, you, you've given yourself that opportunity that, okay, if my plan A doesn't work, my plan B was, okay, well, I said I was going to try, or I hoped that this was going to work and it didn't who cares? Stop saying that. Just say, you know what? I'm going to do it. Well, you know, you know what? 10 years, I had, I'm still going to do it. I had a client text me yesterday. said that I'm going to burn the boats. And I said, not only are we going to burn the boats, we're going to burn the village. <laughs> I said, we're just going to leave it all. You know, what's interesting. And, and I think you of all people would get this. You you've had a lot of life life shifts and me too, like many times blew my life up there is a freedom in blowing your fucking life up. Like, yeah. you know, because too many of you are dragging luggage that you can't get rid of, but by blowing your life up and completely saying, fuck it, you get to take what you want and leave the rest. There's a freedom in that. 100% Austin. And you said it too. It's, it's that luggage. It's like, I've spoken at, at seminars and I've spoken at um, different events. And one of the exercises that I did at an event once was I had everybody get up and I had everybody take the chair because they have, there were individual chairs at the hotel conference room that we were in. And I said, I want everybody to pick up their chair and hold it out in front of them. And then I just started talking. I just, I just started talking and I watched the audience as everybody held their chairs. And a few people set it down. And I mean, 
I talked for minutes, Austin, and people <laughs> were still standing with their chairs. And I said, if you're still holding your chair, I want you to look around and I want you to notice the people that have set their chairs down. And they looked around, they noticed, you know, a handful of people had set their chairs down. I said, now I'm giving you permission now to set your chair down as well. And the rest of the people set their chairs. Now everybody's looking at me like I'm a lunatic at this point. And I said, you know, the thing of it is, is some of us know when to let things go and some of us don't. And I want everybody right now to give themselves permission to let go of the things that you're carrying through your life that no longer serve you. That's that baggage and that luggage that we carry for no reason. And it's such a heavy burden, brother. Like, why do we carry those things? And I'll tell you what, man, through my almost seven years now of, of my journey and my life change, I carried things longer than I needed to. You know, I've, I've hung on to things that have happened to me in my past that have affected um, relationships in my present or future relationships because I didn't have that ability to be uh, open-minded or open-hearted about them because of past trauma that I never dealt with wow. because I carried it. I said, I said this on a podcast the other day and a, and a, and a close friend was like, I just had to pick my brain up off of my, like you literally knocked on the floor. I said, listen, your goals are only a past reflection of how you view yourself. So really they're not your goals. And she's Amen. like, fuck me. And I'm like, because here's what I live off of. We're building a really big business right now. Like a really big, like 50 year legacy project, like in the planning stages. Do you know that we haven't once talked about what the business is that we're getting into? It's all about values, principle thinking, because with that, with the right, no ego mindset, the right people, it doesn't matter what we get into. So I am comfortable in showing up as the best version of myself at all moments and then letting the universe tell me what's going to happen from that. And that Absolutely. is so much more powerful than saying this is, the, I said it this morning, if your goal is to be a millionaire and you get the million, are you done? Like, what's the fucking point? No, you're not. So what's the point? And my favorite, one of my favorite people in the entire fucking world is Kyle Cease. He's a comedian and actor who now is doing personal development. And he says that, uh, the problem with telling the truth or, or, or having a tough conversation is it's very easy to know what you'll lose because that's quantifiable. That by telling the truth or having the tough conversation, you have no idea what you might gain because you can't see them. Absolutely. And so it's that it's and, and, and I've come to this conclusion and I've, I've landed on it. It's taken years of coaching other people to understand that this is what we're missing as people. It's not the information. It's not the knowledge. It's not the more podcasts. It's not the more Zoom calls. You're searching for the feeling. You don't have the feeling of yep. doing your first investment. You don't have the feeling of going to the gym the first time. You don't have the feeling of losing the weight. Dude, I knew when I started my journey that mentally I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle the scale. I couldn't do it. And so I threw the motherfucker out. Absolutely. He said, Kyle C said that he went on a juice cleanse. This is what changed it for me. He went on a juice cleanse. He did a juice cleanse for three days and gained weight. And he was like, what the fuck is going on? And, and he stopped himself and said, wait, 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 wait. What's the goal here? What well, the goal was to feel good. Well, if I feel good, does that take place? Okay, then boom, the weight doesn't matter. And that changed everything for me. 
100%. And I tell people all the time, like, when I started, my goal was never weight loss, man. I actually, like, never intended to coach other people either. Like, that was not even on my realm of goals at that point. My goal was simply what you just said, to make healthier habits, to be a healthier person, to not wear a CPAP machine anymore, to not have to take blood pressure medication, to, to not have acid reflux anymore. Like those, those were my, my goals was just to be healthier. Weight loss was a byproduct. Becoming a coach was a byproduct. Meeting my wife and having a child, byproduct. You know, all of the things and, and all of the successes that come to us in our life are typically byproducts of small wins. It's, it's a compound effect of tons of small wins over time and that forward momentum that we build by just being 1% better each day. Like it literally, all it takes is making better decisions in your day each day. And, and it's simple things like, I mean, we, we've heard them all, the, uh, the, the, the big three or the daily three or doing your, uh, your morning routine. Successful people leave clues. And, and one of them being is that big three. It's, I, I call it my daily three. I do something for my mind. I do something for my body. And I do something for my soul every day. Something from my mind would be, you know, reading personal development, business development, learning something new, uh, developing myself or changing something about myself that I need to work on. Because when you change something or fix something in your life, it shows up exponentially in all other areas of your life. Like, for instance, um, people that are struggling with their children. If they read a book on parenting and their kids acted better and they were able to comprehend and help their children better, then the rest of their day would be better because there would be less fighting in the morning going to school. There would be less arguing at bedtime and brushing the teeth. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as reading a book on parenting. And by no means am I putting myself on a pedestal. No, 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 no. But, but, but true story, true story. Client, a lot of my guys that come to me, they're having trouble with their kids. And I walked him through a scenario. He's like, he's like, I'm like, what frustrates you? And he's like, well, like, I feel uncertain about where I'm headed. And that's when I get frustrated in business because I left my job and all this. That's him, right? That's the dad. Yeah. And, and I said, what about your kids get you upset? Like, when do you lose your shit? And I'm like, well, my kid kind of loses his shit. I'm like, okay, so why does your kid lose his shit well because he you know he's 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 struggling he's doing this blah, blah 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 and i said so uncertainty right and i said do you see the irony irony you're freaking out in business because you have uncertainty he's feeling uncertainty so if you had compassion in your heart that your kid has uncertainty do you think you would have some grace about it well yes boom now yeah. we're now we're rolling in the same direction and so we have to understand this simple fact. I'm going to tell you the story because you of all people will understand this. There is a single mom, not single mom, excuse me, a mom who is a mother of three who almost died on the side of the road of an alcohol addiction and, and kind of changed her life around, lost a bunch of weight. Uh, she was on all this medication, all these blood pressure pills, all everything. And she said, 
I wonder if I get on the treadmill, you know, after she joined this group, I wonder if I get on the treadmill, if I could go like five minutes, well, five minutes turned into 15 minutes, then turned into running and so on. So fast forward a year later and she's off all of her medicine on no medicine, lost 40 pounds. She's great. She's coaching people now, but that's not the change. Her family who's never been healthy, see her. She doesn't mention anything to anybody. Her mom starts making better health choices. Her dad works out for the first time. The kids are working out with her and she goes, holy shit. This is everything. And I'm like, dude, that just makes my heart just melt. Because when I got sober and I'm trying to point my finger at everybody and saying, you should get sober. It's better for you. It's better for you. Everybody's like, fuck you. Kiss my ass. The moment I shut up about it and just live my best version of my life and three people reach out to me and they said, I got sober because of you. I'm like, I didn't even speak to you. I know, but if you could do it, then I can do it. That changed my whole life. It's not about what you're telling people to do. It's being the example for them to become. Absolutely. It's the age old saying that uh, actions speak louder than words, right? And when you walk it out and you give other people hope, it's such a beautiful thing. And like I said earlier, I never intended to coach people. What I learned was I was able to overcome a lot of trauma, adversity, and circumstances in my life. And people watched me do it. And the more people that reached out and watched me do it, I'm, I'm sober too, Austin. I, I haven't had a drink in, uh, I'd say almost three years now. Okay. Um, yeah, three years, three months. Yeah, I, I would say I'm pretty close to about three years now. Um, what, was much, your, what was your reasoning? You know, my whole family drinks. Everything was revolved Dude, you're from, around. You're from fucking Boston, bro. That's yeah, all they do. You know, yeah. you know, everybody around me, I drank a lot in my younger years. I partied. You know, I would go out and do drugs or party with people, smoke weed and do all those things. And, you know, it just, once I had kids, it slowed me down a little bit. When I became a single father, I did, uh, I turned to alcohol a lot to cope. Uh, after work was drink and smoke cigarettes over 400 pounds. Like it was literally, it was all I knew. It was, you know, I followed in the footsteps of, you know, watching my parents struggle their whole lives, uh, working their asses off to take care of us as kids. And every night after work, it was, you know, my dad owned his own business, uh, framing houses. And after work, my father would spend hours on the phone going over blueprints of upcoming houses, talking to clients, talking to contractors and drink beer. Like that was, what happened? And then I got into the business. We drank beer after work. You know, it was it's, like all those it's things. A, it's, it's, I just uh, did a podcast with a guy from Boston and he was, I was talking about 75 hard and he was saying, I know, but like, there's all these things that come up and like my birthday. And like, he walks me through the scenario and I'm like, I'm like, well, you're hiking with your friends. And like, afterwards you're having dinner. And I was like, do you need the drink? And like, I'm like, look, dude, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But it's like, you're more worried about what people are going to say to you. Like my favorite thing is, and I appreciate people for asking like, but I'm a master bartender and they're like, Hey, 
you know, can we at dinner, can we have a drink in front of you? I'm like, not only can you have a drink, I'll make the drink for you. Like I'm dude, I'm all about it. But for me, it didn't fit in my life anymore. And, and my joke, you probably never heard my joke is that if we were in a business meeting, we were in a business meeting, there's six people in the room and I took an eight ball of cocaine and I busted it out on the table and I did all of it. Everybody at the table would go, that guy's out of fucking control. If the same guy drinks a case of beer a day, they go, oh, that's Frank. He just likes beer. Exactly. Fucking horseshit. It's ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous. And we've made it so socially acceptable and I'm not okay with it anymore. And thank God people are waking up to realize that it's a fucking poison. Oh, 100%, dude. 100%. I, I think It poisons that, ambition. That's what it does. I think that coupled with the fact that you know, I, I was married to an addict and an alcoholic um, that and, you know, just using it as a as a coping mechanism. I just I just realized that over time I outgrew. I just I outgrew drinking, if that makes sense. Like I just outgrew it, Austin, you know, like. And it's so funny because when I first stopped drinking, I remember people were like, oh, you can have one. You know, it's it. They do it with everything. It's not just alcohol. When you're eating a healthy meal plan, it's being healthy is not socially acceptable, whether no. it's yeah. whether it's, you know, being sober or whether it's eating healthy. It's just Preach. it's not. And the reason is. Is because. You're shining a light on other people's flaws that they're not willing to confront yet. So like when, when you go out to eat and you're eating healthy and everybody else is ordering a steak and cheese with French fries and you're ordering, you know, a chicken Caesar salad and they're like, oh, what are you on a diet? And it's like, no, I don't want to feel like crap after I eat that. Like that's where I'm at, you know? And it's just so funny that society, like you said, has made, um, it's not socially acceptable to be healthy, whether it's sober or eating healthy, but you'll have these people that come into your life that say these things to you. You can have this, or you could just have one, or what, what's the big deal, or it's just one time, or you hear all these things, and those people are not your friends. <laughs> they, they're just, they're not your friends, dude. Like, they may be your best buddy from high school, um, but if they're not willing to support you and be like, Hey, I appreciate that you're, you're not drinking. You want to have a tonic water and lime? Cool. Like that's, that's fine. Like, cause at first when I stopped drinking, dude, I would always order tonic and lime so that I had the cup and I had the fruit. So nobody said anything to me <laughs> because it would make it easier for me to not have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Somebody else wasn't ready for because I don't hold back. Like, I'm going to say something that they're probably not going to like, and then I'm going to feel bad. And, you know, I've, I've said over the years, I've just, I've become so un, unfiltered that I just, I don't have time for nonsense. You and I, and, and, and uh, we're going to get out of here on this, because I think this is a point that my, my fiance made, is that you are so comfortable in you that it freaks people the fuck out. Yeah. Like they get freaked the fuck out. Cause I'm so honest. I, you know, exactly what I'm thinking on my face and people are wearing 30 masks and they're not used to that game. It is. Yeah, it is Austin. Yeah. You know, it's it, good though. It keeps it, it, it filters out the bullshit for us. 
Well, you know, there's, there's a verse in the Bible that, you know, really stuck out to me when I really started developing my relationship with God again. And it was, uh, let your yes be your yes and let your no be your no. Don't, don't leave out any, don't let it be uh, hard to interpret where you are. It's a firm yes or it's a firm no. And I think that often people aren't able to be honest all the time with other people. And I'm just, I'm a bottom line guy. I just, I don't have time for nonsense. I don't, I'm not here to massage people's egos. I'm not here to beat around the bush and I'm not here to enable people. So like people that I coach will tell you, like I give them tough love and tough love is still love. Um, I just make them look at what we're doing. So like you said before, when people say, oh, I was too busy. I didn't have time to meal prep or workout or dude, a workout is 2% of your day or 4% at most of your day. Meal prep is not a hard thing. You're going to eat food anyways. Just make healthier choices, you know? And it's, it's become a, a, a thing for me to be able to be open and bottom line with people because I know that's what I did most in my life was people to be honest with me. And not enough people are out there being honest with each other. I love it. So if people want to find out about your journey, they want to follow you. How would they do that? Um, Craig Daigle on uh, social media everywhere. I, I think I have it as official Craig Daigle right now um, on Instagram. I change it up every now and then. I just, I go through these seasons, man, where it's like I branded myself as the unfiltered life coach for a period of time. So if you search at hashtag, you will find... Um, different tidbits of wisdom and videos of me out there, just simply sharing my heart, sharing my story, no nonsense, no BS, unfiltered, raw, honest, and me. Love it. I love it. Well, guys, if you got some value from this truly inspiring story, share it with some friends and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.